What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Through the Book right here on the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. Thank you so much to those listeners we see tuning in week to week to whatever episodes of the podcast you may be checking out. Thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate it. And it's encouraging to know that people from all over the world are tuning into this podcast right now. Thank you so much. I hope you're able to use this series or this show through the book to help dig a little bit deeper in your Bible study time. But remember, even though we're digging in and doing Bible study time once a week here, I hope you're having your own individual Bible study time at home along with your prayer time. Be spending time with God because that is really where he's able to speak to you the most. Thank you so much for checking us out. If you'd like more information on our church, once again, make sure you check out nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You can get all the details of where we're at, what we're doing, what's coming up right there on the website. Let's go ahead and get into today's podcast, today's show. We're going to be continuing in Mark chapter 6, verse 6b, and we're going to read through verse 13 today, and I want to talk a little bit about it. I know that seems like it's not a lot, but I'm trying to keep these shows around the 15-minute mark, so we'll see how long we go on this. Next week, I want to go a little bit deeper, because actually, even though I'm starting and stopping in verse 13 today, this whole passage actually connects and blends together very well because we're going to notice a shift next week when we look at the next part of chapter 6 here. But for now, let's just focus on what we've got before us today and begin reading there in Mark chapter 6, verse 6b. It says, Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Let's go ahead and pray today before we get started, and then we will start talking about just what's going on here and these instructions that Jesus has given the disciples as he is getting ready to send them out to personally do ministry themselves. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for those that are tuning in wherever they're at right now, God. I just pray right now that you begin to speak your words through me, that they would not be my own. May your gospel go across this microphone and touch the lives of those listening. In Jesus' name, Amen. So let's pick up right there where we left off. So basically we find out right at the beginning, Jesus went around teaching from village to village. And then we notice there in verse 7, he calls the 12 to him and he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over spirits. But check out the instructions that he gave them right there in verse 8. It says, these were his instructions. 
Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter the house, stay there until you leave town, and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. So here we have Jesus getting ready to send his disciples out on their own mission, basically their own mission trip, to spread the gospel themselves. So Jesus, once again, as we notice here, and we're going to talk more about it in a minute, is Jesus is not going to do this alone. That's why he has us, the church, to help spread the gospel to the nations. When Jesus gives them their marching orders, we might expect him to give detailed advice on what to do when they encounter unclean spirits, for example. But instead, he instructs them on what not to pack for the trip. He allows them to take a staff and to wear sandals, but they are to take no provisions, no beggar's bag, no money in the belt, and no change of clothing. So instead of maybe giving them the advice they need when they're going to be casting out spirits and healing these people, it appears that Jesus just basically tells them what they don't need for their journey. And as we continue reading here, it says the list reflects something about the character of their mission. To go on mission entirely dependent on the generosity of others for food and lodging is an expression of extreme poverty. They do not travel first class. They do not come like an invading army living off the land. The twelve come more humbly and must be totally dependent on God for their support. So what we see that Jesus is trying to get out here is he's trying to show them and teach them basically to be more dependent on God than anything else. He has them dressed down on purpose, probably because many of the people they were going to be talking to We're not wealthy people. They were maybe poorer people. So if you come to a poorer people dressed wealthy, well, they're not going to listen to you as much as if they can relate to you and what even your dress, what your appearance is. So that's going to be your first impression. Now, there's always going to be those that don't accept you, and he gives them instructions on that. We're going to talk about that here as we get to it on what to do if they do reject. So Christians out there, maybe you've been out trying to testify or witness for God. Understand this. There are always going to be those who reject you no matter what you say, no matter what you do. The only thing that's going to change that person is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit may just be using you to plant a seed. You never know and see where God takes it. Jesus instructs the 12 to accept the first accommodations offered to them and not to move if if they chance to find something better. This demonstration of commitment is a testimony of their devotion to their mission and not to themselves. It also reduces the chance that they will create jealousy by moving to better quarters, which will interfere with their mission. Remember, Jesus gave them specific instructions there. We look at that first part. He says, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. So what is going on there? He's saying don't move around. Well, there's a reason for that, and we just read it. We don't move around because, one, it could cause jealousy that they're jumping around all over the town when they're obviously doing things for God. The demonstration of commitment is a testimony of their devotion, their mission, and not to themselves. So it's not about, huh, this person offered to lodge me. Maybe it's not the greatest living place. But then another person offers you a better place to stay. Jesus says, no, you stay with the first person. So once again, it's getting ourselves out of the way so God can use us to do something great. 
The messengers do not invite Israel to accept God's reign if it suits them. They confront people with a yes or no decision so that there can be no middle ground. If they reject the message, they will deprive themselves of the opportunity to receive healing and deliverance. If they continue in their dog's defiance, they will face the judgment of God. In other words, you tell these people, you make it a yes or no scenario. If they say no, then they have rejected God. They have not rejected you. They have rejected God. And because they have rejected God, scripture tells us here, they will be judged for that. So not to worry about it because what did Jesus tell him to do? He said, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So not only are they going to be judged by God for saying no, but also they're depriving themselves of the healings, maybe the demon possession, deliverance, any of that. They're denying themselves the opportunity of healing and deliverance by saying no. So the approach, the question once again, it was a yes or no decision that the disciples gave them. It's not about, huh, and then we start crying. Jesus says, wipe the dust off your feet and keep on moving because God will judge them for what they're doing there and what they have said. So not to worry about that. All that the disciples do in their mission, their proclamation, their healing, their provisions, their housing, reveal to others that they go with Jesus's authority and that the call to repentance is not routine preaching that can be casually ignored. In other words, everything they're doing, their healing, the proclamations, the provisions, their housing, all of these things are a testimony that God is with them. Their testimony to Jesus himself because he gave them that authority and he's using that authority to preach repentance and that this isn't just your regular Sunday morning routine message. This is a message that has the authority of Christ on it and it is revealed to others as they go doing these things. So they invite them in. That's God taking care of them. They get fed. That's God taking care of them. If they are donated any money, Jesus said not to take money bags or anything. So however they're being taken care of, they are dependent solely upon God. Now, there's about four other things I want to take a look at before we get ready to wrap up today's episode. I know short, I'm trying to get these back to being a little bit shorter again. So The disciples' mission is an extension of Christ's work in the world. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Christ isn't doing this himself. Now, he could, but that's the reason he has chosen the church to get out there and spread his message so that the church will have opportunity to reap the harvest with God. Now, God's the one that does the saving and everything. But Jesus isn't going to do it all himself. So one, he's sending them out as an extension or as ambassadors of the work Christ is bringing to the earth. Two, they are to be so dedicated to the task that their mission, to the task of their mission, sorry, that personal comforts become inconsequential. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, check out the author here of this commentary. Once again, we read out of the NIV application commentary. The author of this particular one is David E. Garland. And this is his over the book of Mark. So I'm taking this, anything, any of these quotes you're hearing me read, they come from that series. And here's what he had to say on the devotion part. And I thought it was really well. So I highlighted, I'm going to read here for just a second because there was a whole lot of it that I thought was important to the message he was bringing across here. It says, devotion to the task rather than devotion to oneself is therefore an absolute requirement for those who serve God. Some students leave seminary with their hearts set on gaining some great church where they will be paid and applauded for their great success. 
the less affluent churches go begging for someone to serve them. It's not about a platform for you. It's about you spreading the message of God to get the glory. The author continues here. Few graduates want to go to places where no established churches exist and start from scratch. How can we pray for the evangelization of the world when we are unwilling to make sacrifices ourselves to help in that task? How can we expect to reach others when we seek shelter behind a stained glass curtain? When Jesus calls us, he sends us out. He does not promise a successful career or protection from sickness, ordeals, or tyrants. No, the only thing he guarantees you is that you... The reward will be great in heaven. So what he's getting at here as we've read all this is too many of these younger, this younger generation, these younger students are expecting when they get out of seminary to have a good career, a good job, working at a church. And he's saying that that is not necessarily the case. If you can do that, God bless you. But God is trying to get to the heart of the people and he does not promise those things when he sends you out. All he can promise you is blessing in heaven because of being obedient to him. So that is important to decipher and understand that if God's calling you to go somewhere, it doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy or have a lot of money or any of that. Instead, it means you've been called for a purpose to a certain people so that they can hear the gospel message of Christ that they may not otherwise get to hear. Maybe there's something about you that God is trying to use. So don't always try to set yourself up with a lot of money or something that's already established because if God's calling you to plant... (laughs) I can speak from experience here. It doesn't always mean it's going to be a smooth road, but all we can do is proclaim the gospel like he told us to do and continue pushing forward. The disciples' mission is not just a matter of preaching the good news, but of bringing into effect people's lives the good news of healing and deliverance. The thing that is following them, and I believe this is what's coming to the church again, it is still there, but what's coming is the fact that God is going to be showing up in miracle signs and wonders again, and we see it happening already, but I do believe that just like Jesus gave them the ability here, we're going to start seeing some of that stuff right here in the near future as this great revival gets ready to begin and start happening. God is up to something i'm telling you guys i've felt it in the spirit i've been praying about it other people have been praying about it god's up to something and i believe that the good news of healing and deliverance is going to follow the people that are willing to step out and do God's will. And I have seen these things in my own life. I've seen it happen to others in other ministries. So all this stuff is legit. And those things follow simply to let people know that yes, there is legitimately a God in heaven who does care about you and does care about your life. And that is why he sent Jesus. The healing, the signs and wonders was to help convince the people of the realness of God. Jesus does not commission his disciples to bestow blessings on people if they first believe and are willing to pay them for their ministry. The author had something interesting to say here. They're there to touch any who are in need without any conditions. They're not sent to places that promise to be the most lucrative, but to places where they are in the greatest need. So they're not being sent and we're, they're only going to touch you if you give them so much money first up front, that is not 
God's church. God is willing to do things for free just to show people that yes, he cares and yes, he loves them. And that is our job as the church. And if you've been sleeping on this church, I'm telling you, you need to wake up because there is a great revival coming and these things are starting to happen and you're either on board with God or you're not. And we're getting ready to see a move of God like we've never seen before. That's where I want to wrap up today's episode. Like I said, the next part of chapter 6 all connects. We're going to talk about Herod, the death of John the Baptist, how it all went down. That's all coming next week. I'm thinking we're going to get all to all of it next week. We're going to show you how all that connects right there. Because it's like there's a random switch there. Mark goes from... The disciples being sent out to all of a sudden jumping back and talking about the story of John the Baptist and then jumping back to the conclusion of the disciples' ministry. And all of that connects. We'll talk more about that next week. Thank you so much for listening out there. God bless each and every one of you. Once again, the website, if you're interested in our church or learning more about us, is nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. You can catch any of our video messages there, or you can check them out here on the podcast if you'd rather listen audibly or download them. So go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Subscribe to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. We've got another podcast we do that goes up on Tuesdays where Brett and I have been going through the book of John, but we've also been talking about other topics. It just depends on where we feel God's leading us that week. So be sure you check that out as well. There's links to that as well on the website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. God bless each and every one of you, and I will see you next week.